You can meet Brandon and Colin at the PopCon Indie Convention taking place in Indianapolis, Indiana, June 7th, 8th, and 9th. But now, join them with special guest Jessica Altsman in a new episode of their Trome series with the good, the bad, the subhumanoid class of Newcomb High, part three. Welcome to Cult Cinema Cavalcade. The episode you are listening to will include plot spoilers and may contain harsh language. This is Colton McCavalcade. This is episode 104. This is Jessica's 10th guest appearance. This is Trome, and this is Brandon. And as always with me is my sub podcastinoid co hoster twin, Colin. I'm sorry, Jessica. <laughs> I'm That's so okay. I'm so sorry. I didn't realize this is number 10. How exciting. I'm not apologizing for that. I'm apologizing for <laughs> this movie specifically. Yeah, you guys got to buy me food or something now. (laughs) Today we are here to discuss the 1994 film, The Good, The Bad, The Subhumanoid, Class of Newcomb High, Part 3. Cullen, tell us what happens in less time than they do. Taking place after the events of Part 2, where there wasn't an ending, Roger Smith's twin sons, Adelaide and Dick, are born. One of them is suddenly kidnapped and taught to be evil, while Adlai is determined to foil the fiendish plot and save Tromaville. The Good, the Bad, and the Subhumanoid is directed by Eric Luzil and stars Brick Bronski. Brick Bronski. Brick Bronski. Brick Bronski. Lisa Starr, John Tallman, and Lisa Gay. We're here again continuing our Newcomb High, and as always, with us... We are very fortunate that she hasn't left us yet. She's hanging on for more Trome from the Bob and Tom Show, the always wonderful Jessica Halsman. It's Jess. Hello. Thank you for letting me endure this with you. Letting. It's very exciting. Letting. I, I'd say that's, I'd say endure is a proper word to use. Yes. I want to believe, but you know. Yeah. I'd rather be watching the X-Files too, Jessica. I would. <laughs> so we're all here. More nuke. I feel like between Newcomb High 1 and 2, there was a benefit of like a break between <laughs> to relax, gear up, get ready. But Newcomb High 2 and 3, mm. uh, closely related films where this one follows up. You know, we got cast returning, even if it only is two people and the director, but we, we have some semblance of continuity. Well, I mean, there certainly is a significant amount of continuity in that a significant amount of the movie of part two is in this movie. Right, right, right. (laughs) Uh, So this movie's a, regardless of what our thoughts on the film will be going through and at the end, this is a big moment in trauma history, this film. It's It's an important landmark. This is the first trauma film to be fully made and distributed by trauma themselves. This didn't screen in theaters, and Troma put this out on home video themselves. Warner Brothers was putting out most of their material before this, as well as maybe a couple other distributors here and there, but uh, they kind of uh, worn out their welcome with everybody, and Warner didn't want to put out any more Troma, so they did it themselves. And ever since then, Troma's just been self... I think they got the rights back to all their films, and they've just been putting them out on their own. Although nowadays, boutique labels are putting out some of their stuff like Vinegar Syndrome has been putting out a lot of trauma stuff, but they are became a wholly, fully functional, 100% independent company starting with this movie. Well, it was a rocky start. Yeah, and th- th- they also were banking on this Brick Bronski guy from the last one. <laughs> like they thought that this guy, they really thought this guy was a big star in the making and they want to showcase him for potential action movies to like, I think they were kind of working as his like agency as well. So they would, you know, if they could get him in to become an action star, they could take some of that cut and maybe make money to make their own action movies using him. When you say star, do you mean like other films or just trauma? No, they thought he could be like a, a Van Damme or a Seagal type guy. And he wound up just getting henchman roles and he, he was pretty much done. His acting career doesn't go much past, uh, this movie afterwards. 
but they thought they really were banking it. They thought they had something special with him, and I'm like, "Ooh, did you guys see Newcomb High too? Like I did." <laughs> well, that's why they gave him so many roles because they wanted to showcase him. Yeah, like he he started after this. He started in a movie called Deathmatch. It was a kickboxing type movie with Martin Cove, and then he was in The Quest with John Claude Van Damme. But if you know, The Quest didn't have much of a that was on the the severe downturn of van damme going straight to video stuff but that was still a theatrical movie but after that nothing he had like a spin cycle was a movie he was in that who Are you knows sure he didn't just like film himself like doing his laundry he might have he might have but yeah that's i mean the, the career of brick bronski like died pretty much after this movie He's their guy. Uh, they brought Lisa Gay back, but Lisa Gay, like, sh- I-, I give her props. She knows what she's doing. She knows what movie she's in. She knows her her limits and stuff, and I think she just has fun with it. Where Brick Bronski looks maybe like he's trying sometimes. Like, I-, I think he comes off best in these movies because I think he's trying, and it's just working for the fact that it's not working. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think he was. I didn't think he was bad in this. Maybe I was just relieved that he got rid of that ponytail. Yeah. Yeah. Immediately noticeable he's got that ponytail gone. He's still got a weird cut, but it's tolerably weird. It looks like he that's not his haircut, but they were like, Can we do like the same cut as Nukem High Two but ditch the ponytail? <laughs> <laughs> they just cut that part off. That's it. Right. And this is you know, I'll I'll say they did recreate so like this is a completely obviously shot years later. Completely, I'm sure they didn't have the same sets, but they they managed to recreate some of like the 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 dorm room. Pretty impressive. That's not the same dorm room, but it looks pretty close. Looks. I thought I thought it was the same, honestly. Yeah, it's it's slightly different, but it was it's pretty it's pretty damn close. And obviously, like one one big takeaway, you know, uh, last time I said like you know the nuclear facility was less a part and the goings on there less a part of the second movie than it was the first and was a big part of the first it's like non-existent here other than being a, like a some a set like they've really pushed the nuclear i mean it's it's a thing but like the people that work i mean the the guy they bring in the villain he has nothing to do with the power plant he's just a villain you know <laughs> that's well, why he... they put the eye patch on him so we know because <laughs> otherwise how would you know right but he works for the Nukahama Corporation, right? Nukahama, so yeah. Even like, he's not even like the head bad guy. Right. He's just a bad guy that works for like a board of directors or something. Right. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. He was sent in to finish a job, pretty much. Weird. <laughs> yeah, and this movie, we we complained last week about the, the voiceover narration, uh, oh. exposition and stuff going on, recap stuff. This movie is like... That cranked to like a thousand because we were all talking about this before we recorded. But I, I calculated this because I'm like, you know, what? here they go again. This one went, I couldn't, astounding 42 minutes before it ever let <gasps> the movie breathe. It was like you couldn't go. I was calculating this on the fact that you couldn't go more than a minute without some little voiceover or some mm-hmm. recappy thing going on. It was 42 minutes before it breathed for at least like two to three minutes, but it, it constantly had it throughout. But it, mm. oh my gosh. And it was exhausting. It was absolutely exhausting, and it was, it was a challenge to pay attention to because of the the narr- the constant narration. Is the opposite right. of show don't tell. Like I don't think they showed us ten percent of what they actually told just told us in the movie. Like there's so much stuff that's irrelevant details or something they just show us on screen that they just just nothing. It's just. This is what happened. This is this. This this happened because of this. And we're just watching scenes that we assume go with it, but they might have just been like rando shooting that they just put together and said it was that. Yeah. At times, it definitely feels like they just shot a bunch of stuff and said, we'll figure out how to stitch it together in editing. Or, or there was an initial plot or something, and they shot it and said, this is awful. This is a mess. So then... They decided, let's use what we can and then just stitch it together with constant narration. Yeah, uh, I, 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 yeah. I don't know what this. I don't know what the what it is, but it's. I'm confident it's one of those. Yeah, I want to know what a script to Nukem High Two, Nukem High Three, Toxic Avenger Two, and Toxic Avenger Three look like. Mm-hmm. Is there any sense made on the page at all, or because- or they're like different colored pages all the time because they keep adding and changing their minds? Right. 
Well, I mean, two and three of Nukem High, those originally intended just to be part two and three. They didn't break them up in the two separate mm-hmm. movies. They just are a fucking mess, especially this one. Yeah. Um, and why didn't the second one have an... This one shows... Okay, let me take the beginning. The beginning is just yeah. these reporters. We start at the end of the second film with Tromi, the squirrel, like, attacking... And reporters bringing us up the, to the speed on that. The giant squirrel. It's like what? How's like? There's like like five stories tall or something. It's, it's a, tall as a nuclear stack. Right. So they these reporters keep getting killed in the rubble and taking over for one another to to fill us in on where they were at. This is Tromaville Student Television reporting live on location. A giant squirrel is attacking the nuclear power plant at the Tromaville Institute of Technology. The military and the National Guard have been completely useless against the rampaging rodents' destructive force. And then we just see that that acorn in the helicopter from the last time just blew it up. And that's it. That's the end of Nukem High 2. Like, like well, why couldn't we have just done that at the end of Nukem <laughs> High 2? Right. It's in the same narrative as the end of Nukem High 2. I thought it was like something about, let's take the squirrel to... East right, Stromaville yeah. or whatever where my mother-in-law was. They changed the dialogue and then they changed what happened. Yeah. Well, they blew him up and that's it. And then nothing comes back to this. Oh. There's Fallout. Do you that five-minute recap, though, of the movie? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's Fallout. I mean, there's no real Fallout from this and it starts like a pretty fresh story. Like, why didn't you just end Nukem High 2? You could have done <laughs> that bullshit explosion that they did. and They credit- blew shit up. They blow shit up all the time in movies. Yeah. In, in their movies. like, And it wasn't... Come on. What the fuck? Like, Did they expect to use the suit again or something? Is that what it was? Like, If they didn't... If they sort of blown it up in the the last one, they wouldn't have had to save it for this one. Yeah. Idiots. No new footage. footage. It's, I mean, except for the reporters. And it's just kind of like, uh-huh, uh-huh. After that, we meet... Adlai Smith, son of Roger and Victoria from the last movie. He's all grown up after 18 months, and he recaps us the plot of the previous film, and we find out that Holt survived, and Yoke, remember him, the head of the squirrels, uh, he had a son named Little Egg White who survived the massacre, and then the, the Nukahama Corporation hires Dr. Slag, PhD, to rebuild the tit. <laughs> And relaunch the subhumanoid program, and uh, we we see that they plot to steal Roger and Victoria's baby. So we're like recapping what should be some sort of calm down beginning of this movie. Feels like we're recapping another movie that we didn't see. Well, the first ten minutes of this movie is a recap of the second movie, mm-hmm. and then a recap of someone that wasn't even involved in those events. Like, mm-hmm. either with part two or with what he's describing. The, like, the stuff that you said that we didn't even see. Mm-hmm. We didn't see. Like, like how did you find this out? Like, did everyone, like, you've ever met tell you everything they ever know? You've only been alive for 18 months. Go to hell. And he's dressed just like his father from the last movie. <laughs> it's like it's the same guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. It's just like, wait, why aren't we slowing down just telling this? And it said it's, it's, it feels like... I missed a movie and they're recapping it for me rather than um, this is not an old this is not Nukem High 2.5 no this is just why aren't we taking our time through this or they could just do like a short little slideshow at the beginning that could be two minutes long if that and like okay got it let's go mm-hmm. that yeah. would have been fine like he could have been like looking through a, a scrapbook or something. Would have been great. Would have been real easy. Mm-hmm. Would have made perfect sense. They could have still. They still could have done a voiceover, and it would, this could have taken still shots. It's been super easy. As long as it's not a still shot of his mom topless when he's like, "My mother." Oh yeah. Here's her boobs. I'm like, oh god. <laughs> they made a. Th- there was a boing sound, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. when his yep. mother showed up. Yep. Gross. So, <laughs> Gross. At, at the hospital, Victoria gives birth, which Doctor Slag, PhD, Holt, and crew are able to snag. A child coming out of the the mouth of the the subhumanoid Victoria, but what they don't know is it was twins, and the other comes out after the bad guys leave, and also a U.S. flag comes out too, and uh, Victoria dies after birth, which uh, Victoria, who obviously didn't come back for this movie, because <laughs> her face isn't completely covered when she's giving birth. I, I did like when they went to the hospital. There was like. Paternity ward, maternity ward, paternity suit. It was like a, I, I got, I got right. a solid chuckle out of that. That was, that was 
That was decent. Every once in a while in, in this movie, there are times you're like, all right, that was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> like most of them, you, you just kind of shake your head. But every once in a while, like, okay, you, you got one point. One out of a hundred. Good job. Right. The bad guys raise one child naming it Dick, which you just know like, oh boy. <laughs> We're going to get a lot of dick jokes here. You know what? I thought there'd be more. Yeah. Thought- <laughs> they, 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 they don't do much right away. It's not till like towards the end quarter of the movie where they ramp them up and it's like, geez, okay. Well, the last quarter of the movie is the part that has the most actual footage where things are kind of happening. An attempt is made at making a film during the last third of the movie. Dick is uh, raised outside of Tromboville where the nuclear plant is now. And Adlai is raised by his father in Tromboville. And then Roger Smith and Professor Holt split screen talk about raising the kid, saying pretty much the same thing, trying to be in sync but being out of sync. A side effect of the human-subhumanoid gene combination seemed to accelerate normal growth by about ten times. At first, we were concerned about this rapid growth pattern, but tests seemed to indicate that little Adley was slowing down and would probably level off to a more normal growth rate upon completion of the adolescent phase or approximately 19 months from birth. Adley graduates and attends TIT with his girlfriend Trish, a.k.a. Fart. <laughs> <laughs> You guys remember, I think I said in the last one that I was surprised how restrained they are. Like, every time I saw a butt, there wasn't a fart. Well, they've come, they've, they've gone true to form on this one every time. Whether it's funny or not, there's a butt that's kind of bare, but a fart sound in there. So Trish farts, like, not in this scene. The first, next time you see her, there's like a, a slow pan up to her ass on the bed, and she farts. And I, right. I, and I noted the second time I watched this, the voiceover says, Trish was persistent. And from then on, every time you see her butt, it farts consistently. I don't know <laughs> if that's by design. It's by design. I, I, I'm sure what happened was they were editing this thing and they said, hey, we're not getting enough laughs. Put more farts in. I am confident God. that's what happened. All she does is, is fart, fart. Fart, fart, like fart. That's Trish. <laughs> we can call her Frish. How about that? Gosh. After this, uh, Holt decides to create. <laughs> After she farts. Yes. Uh, Holt creates some mutants in her new lab at Tit. And uh, we are also, uh, we then get some voiceover lowdown on life at school, which is, guess what? Same fucking thing as last time. Uh, just different people. <laughs> I will say these mutants that Holt clones. I think she calls them clones, or they're mutant creature. This is like that uh, point in Toxic Avenger two or three where I'm like, oh, cool. These are like the kind of things I want to see fight Toxie, and they barely fucking use them. Here we are again. C- yeah. Cool creatures are that are obviously dude in costume. They don't have a lot of money, but it looks neat, cool to me. And they don't do much with it. They do more than I think Toxic Avenger did with theirs, but. They're, they're they mostly here. just stand in a smoky black room while they're filmed. They're kind of like the posse for uh, Dick later on. Dick also, meanwhile, he, he trains at the nuclear facility because I don't know what he's going to do, but he trains. Adlai, <laughs> Adlai this time has a sense of there being someone else elsewhere as uh, Dick feels half his mind is not is out there waiting for him and he tries to confide in Dr. Slag PhD but he threatens to give him another lobotomy and lets him know he's going to create him a counterpart and Holtz let Dr. Slag PhD know that she has final cloning results and they let one of those creatures just burn some girl so that danger and i will say that dr slag phd because they call him dr slag phd that's how that's how he's it's not just dr slag slag it's dr slag phd which i don't know if it's a callback to sergeant kabuki man nypd <laughs> i think it's just something i like to do this they always use someone's full name mm-hmm. it's uh, that's part of the uh, trauma effect there's something in the water you dance all the time and you use people's full names and if you see a butt you there better be a fart <laughs> I do enjoy the whole name thing. Yeah. And he yeah. had really attractive like ladies, like the girl that got burned up. I'm like, mm-hmm. why would you burn the cute one? 
Like these are pretty good for Tromaville. Yeah, yeah. Girls. Folks, here's the thing. Uh, Doctor Slag, PhD. Oh yes, yes, yes. Cullen made a discovery. Uh, big news here, folks. He's the same guy that plays the the Native American friend in Cry Wilderness. <laughs> the <laughs> the second Jonah episode of Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Check it out. I think uh, you, it's you, the same guy. Colin texted me a split screen of of him, and I and I think my response was "Holy shit!" <laughs> and then you yeah. look up this guy; he's only did four movies. <laughs> God, <laughs> two of them are just like, yeah, notorious. Oh my God, that's the oh, that's wonderful. His uh, yeah, his name is John oh. Tallman. He uh, this was his last movie. I don't know. I I think he's maybe still alive, but his first movie was There Is Number Thirteen. Then he did Cry Wilderness. <laughs> After that was Lust for Freedom. Just before this movie, it's... also directed by Eric Lozell, who directed this movie. I wonder if those characters also had bowl haircuts. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real trend with this uh, with this fella for whatever reason. He's just, he's just around them. But those are his his entire credits. He he just dabbles in in film. And when he acted, he was fifty percent for movies that will be legendary and forever known. You, you know what the rest of his uh, income is based on? Hmm. Bigfoot hunting. <laughs> yes. And collecting coke cans. <laughs> Adlai he has a dream about Trish and some girls. One night, and it winds up in a like zombie type dream, and he strangles her, and he sees a birth stomach which produces a slimy hand, and he and he shakes it, and he says, "All he can think about, think of his dick." And uh, we we also see that Adlai is the Iron Fist. He's Glow Hand. Yeah, he's Glow Hand. Dick continues training and punches a guy with a blue Glow Hand. So like this is what Iron Fist season three would have been had they not canceled it, because we had the red hand. <laughs> For the second season, so we had we would have gotten to this blue hand stuff. But after that, uh, Adlai uses his hand to pleasure Trish that night. It turned out that my hand had a power that could be used across 15 feet. My hand brought Trish to a higher place where she was at one with me. Now it was revealed to me that my power could be used for the force of good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Like I, I, I'm going to be honest here, guys. I spaced out here. I just kind of <laughs> sat there and was like, what is happening? Like, I don't give a shit what this is because he's explaining what's happening as it's happening. Uh-huh. I know it's a dream. Just let it be a dream. Like, and you can see Trish talking and you can kind of hear her a little bit. It's like, okay, you recorded sound when you were there. Why can't we just hear what the fuck is happening? <laughs> yeah. It, right? It is hard to keep with this movie or keep attention with this movie because of so much narration, you just start zoning out. It's impossible to just be fully in tune to this movie. It is hard as hell. It, it, it's like the whole the whole time they're pitching the movie at you. Like, you've already made it. Just show me <laughs> your film. <laughs> also, um, since we talked about Dr. Slag, PhD, I want to mention um, what other roles Trish has had. In her career. Let's go. Her first movie was Fortress of America with three Ks instead of a C in it. She played the role of Motel Hooker. She was also in a movie called Casting Agency. There's no role listed, but I guess I think you can uh, guess what that movie's about. She was, uh, she was one of the squirrels in the last movie. I don't remember her. She's also in Bikini Island playing Auditioning Girl. I think you can put two and two together there. She was in the Cybernator as prostitute number one. God. Maybe her biggest movie, Munchie, playing a flight attendant. No. And uh, let's go, Miracle Beach. She played Miss Iraq. And then her final the film appearance, her final film appearance as Woman on Roof in the 1996 blockbuster Independence Day. <laughs> She said, you know what? I'm going to go out on a high. Later, folks. Yeah. I'm never going back. She said, give me me that sign. I'm going to wave it in the air. 
So that'll be my send off. That'll be she, my swan song. She did better than Brick Bronsky. Yeah. Yeah, I guess she did. He pumped all his uh. stardom into her in this movie. Anyways, yeah, in this movie, 80% of this movie, she's laying on her back in that bed. Yeah, like, here, put on this green-studded okay. bikini. Or walking away farting. <laughs> now you're going to hump Brick Bronski when he looks like this. Okay, Brick, go get changed in a different outfit. Now he's going to hump like you. It's like the Punisher slash the Terminator. Dude, <laughs> he looks like, oh, I thought, okay, when he's Dick, I thought, I was like, he looks like cheap-ass birthday party Dolph Lundgren Punisher from like oh yeah like that's what it looks like like it's like oh hey kid I I got the Punisher to come and since that was the you know what the Punisher looked like in a movie back then that's what he tried to dress like yeah that's right and possibly Uh, jet black hair there's a nuclear emergency it cancels a festival and Professor Chernobyl played by Ron Jeremy gets all pissy and takes pleasure in the fact that this is happening and then Adley puts his glow hand in the reactor core and saves the day. Ron Jeremy, the best actor in this entire he movie. He might be. <laughs> he he is. is so good. I can And I love that it's Chernobyl. Yeah. Cuz that makes this topical. Yeah, it does. Cuz that mini series just started on HBO. Right. Monday nights on HBO. <laughs> so I guess Ron Jeremy's character is Russian or is from Russian descent. But he spe- he speaks uh with trauma a uh, trauma accent, yes. Yeah, well, you know what? At least you didn't feel up a woman or do anything awkward or make a bunch of unfortunate puns. So good for him. I'll say that much. Yeah, Ron Jeremy in a small role in a Tromo film. Yep, that's just, you know, yep, that's right. It's like when, going back to The Punisher, it's like when uh, John Bernthal got cast as Punisher on Netflix. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, that's that's what it is. Can we get Lemmy from Motorhead? No, get me Ron Jeremy. (laughs) Yeah. So we find out that Roger, our hero from the last movie that we haven't seen, but I mean, we have seen, uh, he's been elected mayor of Tromaville, who gives his son Adlai the key to the city for saving the day. But Adlai now has to help the power reactor daily and nightly. And watching this on TV, Dr. Slag PhD finds out Dick has a twin and plans to couple them. While Adlai powers the reactor, Dick impersonates him on campus and beats up the students. Adlai senses it all. Dick has no idea what he's doing. And he's like, why'd they call me Adlai? And why are people thinking he's Adlai? They look, I mean, yeah, sure. But like, he, is he just, you dry your hair and then you dyed it back. <laughs> and then. <laughs> right. You seem like a totally different person than the one I saw an hour ago. Oh, <sighs> man. But you, you know, I like uh, that Roger Smith is is, is the mayor, and uh, I, I know he's the mayor because he wears a giant button that says "I am mayor." <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't have time for for the word "the" on a badge. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed it. I think I just replaced it. And was like, it says "I'm the mayor." Yeah. Oh my god. He could have. He could have just wrote. Just had mayor on a button. That would have been fine. He could have been a sash, whatever. That would have been fine, yeah. silly. No, he needed to sound kind of like a caveman. I am mayor. <laughs> well, his name's Brick. I mean, sure. I, we, sh- we should have a, a return of our who wore it better and have the mayor from Toxic Avenger versus uh, Roger Smith and Nukem High 3. Who wore it better? <laughs> the s- fat sandwich man or... <laughs> no. Or no. Roger. <laughs> Roger. I'll, I'll watch all versions of Roger. God. Wait. So, so you're saying the, this is better students... than Toxic Avenger? No. <laughs> uh, better than that fat. Don't make me watch that fat guy again. I like Toxic Avenger, but he's just all sweaty and eating sandwiches. I didn't really. Were people eating sandwiches in this movie? No. no we didn't even get a fat ate guy. in this movie. We have a fat guy. Oh God, little, little Egg White. He's our fat guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I kind of just accepted him because his name was adorable. <laughs> he didn't bother me. He made me giggle. L- Lil Leg White, who I'm pretty sure, you know, in this movie, he w- is one of the main antagonists. Pretty sure he was an extra in the second one. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> right. Why were all the students all of a sudden dressed like totally 90s and not at all crazy? Like, where did they come from? The normal kids. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, when they're following him to the nuclear reactor core or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the time, it's like these kids, I feel like, instead of like squirrel-like. The squirrels just, I mean, they're they're dwindled their numbers. They're trying to make a comeback in this movie. So, yeah. yeah. Mm. I just feel like that was the first time I saw them. Like, look at all these normal people. Just a bunch of kids walking around, talking about, hey, dude. The maybe. And, 
<laughs> and all yeah, that. I'm, I missed that narration probably explaining Did you it. see Pete and Pete last night? <laughs> what? Instead of people oh. wearing radioactive jumpsuits and gas masks and making weird sounds as they walk by. Right. <laughs> Meanwhile, a couple we've seen before, which was a, a hot girl and then a guy in a gas mask. Uh, they get it on, and he winds up spewing toxic goo all over her in bed. We got all down the world. <laughs> we got hours. We're going to be here for a long time, honey. We're going to be here all day. You say so, baby. We're going to, we're going to, we're, we're done. We're done? Yeah. Thanks. I would have skipped that, but it comes back a little later and is just totally irrelevant, but I just mentioned it. Dick and Mutants uh, beat up some hippie dudes playing music for the homeless. The hands of the twins both glow simultaneous, and Adlai is able to communicate to Dick to stop. He does so, and he leaves. Uh, The next day, the girl we saw with the gas mask, she informs him that she's pregnant, and he tells her she needs to have an abortion. Uh, (laughs) The students of Tit have turned on Adlai, and Trish is the only person on his side. He has a convo with his dad and decides to move to East Tromaville, where Tromy was supposed to go last time, but he's met by Dr. Slag, Ph.D. while packing. He offers to clear his name, and he wants to turn New York and surrounding areas into a puddle of radioactive slag. When Adlai refuses, the mutant clones surround him and kidnap him. The plot Uh, moves. I think this was the 42-minute mark. I think yeah, this like, was around there. And, and and by this point, I was just, like, sitting there, like, I just lost interest. I just, like, you said, like, the movie finally breathes where something is happening. Mm-hmm. But by that point, it's like, I don't care. Like, I was just, like, I, did, I didn't even realize the movie had taken a break from the narration because I just kept waiting for the movie to start. Yeah. And eventually, you know, I was like, oh, I guess this is our movie. This is what's happening. And you just kind of, you, you just die a little, I guess, is what I'm trying uh-huh. to say. Like I think like, I I just wrote down like I, I don't even know how to talk about this. I just I I couldn't I just couldn't focus. I could not pay attention to what was right. happening. No, I I hear uh, you. I I had to write a script for this fucking thing. I know. Like I I tried to write it down. And it was like I don't know how to convey. Like these are simple ideas of what is happening, but I couldn't find a way to express it in an interesting way that was informative, or helpful it was just stuff was happening in front of my eyes and i waited until my brain would reactivate and start paying attention to remembering stuff again mm-hmm. me too I, th- I just wrote down adelaide adelaide saves the day yay That's <laughs> <down>. <laughs> yeah I was like what just happened that's a lot of stuff yeah he stuck his hand in something that we're told is the nuclear reactor i don't think it was <laughs> i'm at a side <laughs> I, I, I've spent zero time study, studying nuclear physics, fission, any of that jazz. There's no way that was a reactor. <laughs> oh, the the pregnant girl I, I mentioned earlier, that abortion thing, she goes to get an abortion, and she's at a clinic with protesters and stuff, and then she gives birth in front of the clinic. And I did think there was a funny moment with the, uh, the, pe- the protesters had signs that were like, save it or something, and they flipped them, and it said, kill it once they saw the... <laughs> Subhumanoid yeah. baby. I like I, I saw that coming a mile away, but I was like, I don't care. That's a good. That's a good joke. Yeah, that was I good. like that. I mean, and also, here's a question: Elaine and, and George, great two people. The subhumanoids or some shit. I don't. I don't know. It's some guy with a gas mask. Mm-hmm. I think she's a subhumanoid. I mean, she must be. Uh, give birth that fast. Great. Who the hell are these people? Exactly. It's, what are it's they ever t- mentioned? Like before, like who who they are? It's just. Some nonsense background characters that F. I noticed early on in the movie, she was in the background for like a lot of the Dr. Slag scenes. So she was in that gang, but I didn't notice that before. I was like, oh, I think that's that girl that uh, I think gets pregnant later for some reason in this movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. None of it's necessary or helpful or entertaining. Did that baby go anywhere? No. No. This is it. Just out on the sidewalk still. Yep. Jeez. No one's like, oh, I got to get this baby. Like, No, it just happened. Maybe like, the oh, abortion kill protesters killed the baby. <laughs> oh. Yeah, them raising their sign saying kill it. That was the last. That was, That's where that baby story ends. <laughs> as far as we know. Who the hell knows? <laughs> wow. 
Dr. Slack PhD, has Dick sent to poses Adlai and Bone Trish as Professor Holt films it. And before they get it on, Toxie shows up at the door looking for Claire, and Trish tells him, or... Claire? Wrong movie, Toxie. Where were we? Dr. Slag, PhD, <laughs> shows a tied-up Adlai live video of Dick boning Trish. Through anger, Adlai makes his glow hand power up and contacts Dick as he writes, I'm not Adlai, on the paper next to the bed. And then Dick shouts it, and Holt comes in, intervenes, and takes Dick away and gives some fluffy story about him having escaped to Trish. <sighs> Uh, Last Man on Earth did the whole watching your brother bone your girlfriend way better. (laughs) Yeah, they they sure did. Uh, I'll tell you this. When I'm in the throes of passion, I'm going to start saying, I'm not Adley. I'm just going to yell it out. Or maybe I'll just just reach over and just write it down. A nightstand next to the bed. Did did anyone feel a little bit dead when this was happening? It's like, okay, you're twins. You've got some kind of connection. Like... I don't care. I was just like, I was tired of watching Trish spread eagle as um, beefy dude pounds her, seeing it from the end of the bed. Like I was like, how many times have we watched this same looking position and camera angle this movie within the last right. forty minutes? I mean, we we watched we watched Toxie hump a lot. We we saw that, but yeah. I thought it was a little more creative. <laughs> Yeah, with tox- toxic humps, I-, I have to pause to get the tissues out for a bit, but. <gasps> sure. I just like that the little monster that was with Professor Holt was like, zoom in on her hiney. <laughs> the director loves those shots. <laughs> so like, Thank you for acknowledging it. That makes me feel happy. Uh, hey. And then the, uh, what's it, slag, when he lifts his eye patch to really get a good look at Adlai's hand glowing. Mm-hmm. He-, he can see. <laughs> it's so funny. That's the stuff I like. That's stupid gags. But but were you talking about like that that voice? Like you know that that bit that Patton Oswalt does where he talks about how he had to you know help write uh, for animated movies, mm-hmm. just all these like side uh, jokes where you just hear someone yell off screen a joke, someone that you yes. don't know, you've never met, and you will never meet. That's this entire movie yes. where. <laughs> There's just some rando person just yelling like, "Hey, out of the way, slut!" Like, what? Like, who the <laughs> hell is that? <laughs> if there's no narration, then that's about to happen. Wait, just oh, wait. They love those ADR sessions over there at Troma. I was watching this and I messaged her and I said, "I'm really sorry about this movie," <laughs> and. She said, oh, should I make it, um, is it uh, like Toxie 2? Maybe I'll make a drinking game out of it. And I said, don't take a drink when there's narration. You'll be dead in 10 minutes. <laughs> Good warning. It's all narration. Yeah. That's all it it's is. All it, it's, a, it's a waterfall social. <laughs> <laughs> Trish rallies uh, the Tromaville tech community and tells them of the evil twin. Uh, they don't agree with her, but then Roger shows up to tell them she speaks the truth, and he has the nurse that was there when Adlai was born to explain it all, which is not interesting. Uh, Dr. Slack PhD has Dick and Roger face off. They're forced to use their glow hands and power up a croissant. Uh, Roger leads a riot into the nuclear plant. A complete nutso fight occurs. Dick turns on Dr. Slag, PhD, and he shoots both brothers. Trish attacks Slag, and he ends up being shot in the eye by one of his own men. Professor Holt takes Trish at gunpoint. Adlai and Dick glow hand and arm wrestle to meld, and then they begin to deteriorate and wind up a primordial egg on the ground covered in green goo. Trish puts it in the nuclear reactor, and out of it hatches baby Moishi Smith. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Stupid. Uh, so, um, hey gang, here's um, here's a question. Uh, uh, the question I cared the most about: Why, why did they decide to arm wrestle? Uh, what? Because that's what you huh? do when you have two glow hands. <laughs> they, they didn't feel compelled to do it. it was like, well, so then we touched hands. Or like, what? So we decided to arm wrestle. Like, what was that? That was. Stupid. There was no, the, the, but there was nothing where it was like, hey, you know what? I got an idea. Like, no, it was just like, we did this. And then it was a uh, brick and then some guy that they put a bunch of crap on his face. So you couldn't tell it wasn't brick. Right. 
Even though the guy had a clearly a flatter, whiter face. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and this fight was yeah, just random and uninteresting to watch. There was nothing. I think a guy got his arm pulled off, and I was like, yeah, I don't care. Uh, I got shot in the other eye. He put another eye patch on. Had, I'm just obsessed with slag. I yeah, think. and Trish jumped yeah. on him and farted. <laughs> she sure did. Stupid. She jumped right on his back and farted. <laughs> the monsters are beaten to death with newspapers. <laughs> mm-hmm. that, that, that happened. Yep. When they toss it in the nuclear reactor, they're like, something's coming out. Yeah. Did we get to there yet? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Good about people yelling stuff. Someone just. I don't understand this. Is it a loaf of bread? Something's coming out. What is it? A loaf of bread? <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? Why now? <laughs> and I'm already irritated, kind of, with the movie. So I'm like, what? A, okay. Well, it's like I, I said. They just they just kept <sighs> yelling and shouting things, hoping something would be entertaining. Yeah. Is it a loaf of bread? And it's always that kind of voice, like, is it a loaf of bread? Like yeah. some hey, guy like what? talking. I'm a guy in the room. <laughs> yeah. I just went five minutes of more dick gag jokes. Like, pull out, dick. <laughs> yeah. LOL. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I guess that if, as long as the characters were delivering it, that would have been better than just off screen voice number 18. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow, she's got a hot butt. Oh no, <laughs> smelly, smelly! Untap that ass! Woo! You sure would! Oh, please redo the intro to this podcast doing those voices. <laughs> like, yell them off screen. And, uh. and, and, here's, and here's another thing. All right, low budget movie, it's a trauma movie. Sure, great, fine, wonderful. How many times did we watch this film and we would see someone saying something, their mouth would not be moving mm-hmm. or would be moving to something entirely different? Yeah. Yes. This is trauma trait right there. I know, but it's, you know, that stuff is done occasionally, sparingly. It's like, okay, you just throw that in. It's, a, it's the salt, it's the pepper, fine, whatever. There's so much of that in this movie. Yeah. It is shocking, the lack of effort made like just put words just put sound in there to just to say what we need them to know mm-hmm. <laughs> not to entertain say what we need them to know that's not entertaining <sighs> that's that's school that's school you made school into a movie <gasps> and not like a not like summer school not like a fun way to do it not like Newcomb high school not like Newcomb high that's right the third t- you should know how to do it by now. You did it two other times. There hasn't been a Newcomb High since the first one. It's been tit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I was fine. So hoping the theme song would be the same. Class of Newcomb High, part three. <laughs> and be like, not even the same voice. Just well, say part three. Part three. Or it'd be well, like, class did... of Newcomb High, part three. Yeah. <laughs> I really thought it was just going to be part three. But it's not. They, they Actually, at the credits, it plays finally in full, because I thought they were just cheaply trying to get away with the second one again. And it's right. like, the good, the bad, the subhumanoid. It's the new <laughs> movie from uh, Harry and Lloyd or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Or Michael it's, and Lloyd. Michael and Lloyd's Harry and Lloyd. It's Dumb and Dumber. So it's the part two song, mm-hmm. but it's worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, part two is catchy. Yeah, because they're trying to like f- fit in where it doesn't go, just to keep it sounding the same. Um, you know, like proving once again, they're clearly on a budget. Right. But before that credits, Roger, Mayor Roger addresses the community of what it happened uh to every, everything and dedicates a memorial to his two sons, which is two statues of women. But this baby represents a new beginning, a new beginning for us all, for you and for me. This is a rebirth, a fresh start for all mankind. This is my child. This is your child. This is a child of the universe. And as such, this infant represents the future. So of course we must nurture it and permit it to grow. And most importantly, this baby represents trauma, movies of the future. So of course we must love it, teach it, and indeed breastfeed it. So Adley and Dick did not die, they were reborn. This is a trauma movie. So dry those eyes and rejoice. 
because now there's Class of Newcomb High Part 4. Yeah. The Class of Newcomb High Part 4, which doesn't happen. Uh, and then we have the credits with that song. But yeah, so that's how the movie ends. False promises of a probably a completely narrated movie that was going to follow. Yeah, when they said uh, there'd be a part four, I just thought, fuck you. The, the second one Shit. promised a part four, too, and yeah. then nothing. Yeah. Yeah. That was Nukem High 3, which, ooh. If you two were smart enough to stop the movie when the credits started, there were multiple jokes oh, happening ad in the space. credits. Mm-hmm. The, the, yeah, oh yeah, the ad space. Like usually, they so like you know people that appear in this movie, people that don't appear in this movie. You know they make jokes. You know, and that's fine, well, great, whatever. But then they had like Lloyd come in and do voiceover mm-hmm. and say that they were like selling like ad space in the credits. Yeah, and, and they the contact trauma. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was supposed to be a joke, obviously, but it was just like shut the fuck up, like. <laughs> They're Stop. trying to sell that squirrel suit, only <laughs> yeah. slightly used in two movies. Yeah, but like, I just thought, like, stop jamming jokes in your... It's over. The movie's done. Wrap it up, dickhead. Nobody you had liked your this chance. Mo- nobody liked this movie enough to sit through this. You had an hour and 40 minutes. You fucking blew it, buddy. <laughs> hour 42. Hour 42. Wow. Whew. They did have Brick Bronski's name, like, everywhere yeah. to the credits, though. That was kind of funny. He certainly was the Steve Hawks of trauma. Oh no! Here it comes! Now comes the point in the episode where we rank the movie we just watched as we were cult cinema cavalcade. We keep things nice and culty. Our ratings are as follows. Stay with your family, which means... You are just a Newcomb High student. You don't want to get involved in any of this. Just go to class and be done. Converted, which means you're mayor of Tromerville. You're good. Uh, you're bad and you're ugly. Sitting around, being just fine. Everything's cool. Or drinking the Kool-Aid, which means you are glow hand melding wrestling to save everything because Newcomb High 3 is the best Newcomb High. So, Jessica, how do you rate the good, the bad, the subhumanoid class of Newcomb High Part 3? I have to stay home with the family. I think it's the first time I've ever said no. Well, no, wait. Toxic Avenger 2. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Don't even talk about it. But no, I have to stay at home. I just didn't. I kind of got really bored and just looked away from the TV and kind of forgot what was going on. I couldn't even take the notes. Trish is randomly like spitting water out of her mouth the entire movie, and I didn't understand that. Maybe I missed it in the narration. That's supposed to be her drooling. Mm-hmm. That's not drool. Stupid. And I love all the other stupid gags, though. But that's like the one, I don't know. Like, I love the dick gags. There's a, who doesn't, I don't like the dick gag. (laughs) (laughs) Don't Google dick gag, okay? No. And like the silly stuff with slag. That made me laugh. And I love every time they bring up Toxie. Mm -hmm. I like that stuff. Once? Because I'm like, oh, it's a trauma universe. Once. In this movie. But they had his little pin. They had a oh, toxic yeah. pin he was wearing. And then Slag was watching like some Toxic Avenger movie-thon or something. I don't know. That but. was a huge tease. Yeah. <laughs> but Toxie I do appreciate. Yep. Kaufman apologized. This is, I'm staying home with my family, but I appreciate. He apologized for making Toxic Avenger Part 2 by basically having Adelaide or whatever stand right in front of that movie poster in his room. And Dr. Slag says, we want to offer you a chance to redeem yourself. <laughs> and I was like, all right, Kaufman, touche. <laughs> but I'm still staying home with my family. Colin. The amount of exposition through voiceover would make Neil Breen blush. It is just wall to wall that. And, the, whew, God, there's just the jokes that they mostly don't land, but most of them aren't like, like, they groan that they're so bad and lame. They're just, like, you just kind of, like, gloss over them, I guess, for the most part. And perhaps that's because there's just enough of them just being thrown at you that you just kind of get numb to it after a while. Um, which probably isn't a good thing to be numb to the comedy in something that's supposed to be funny. <laughs> so that's um, that's food for thought. So I, I definitely stay with my family this one. It was just, whew. 
I don't know what I could say that's more accurate a description than, whew. So, Brandon, how do you rate Class of Nukem High Part 3, The Good, The Bad, The Subhumanoid? Uh, well, I'm going to say something nice. I'm going to compliment them. Dr. Slag, PhD, was a gigantic improvement over Dean Okra. Massive. <laughs> There's no Dean Okra coming back. Very happy I didn't have to listen to that high pitch shit again. Aside from that, uh, I think we've all talked about uh, voiceover narration plenty. And I w- was tempted. I was like writing the script. I was like, you know what? Should I even write a script? Like, can we? Maybe we just start this episode. So, what'd y'all think? And just go from there because I, it was tough. And like the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, this is pretty disappointing. I got through it. It, it. Attention span was hard to keep for it. But the second time when I did it to write the script, I felt like I had fucking climbed a mountain to finish this. Like, it felt like it took forever. And I welcome, like, so, like, I, I did this while my kids were still awake. And I, like, welcome any time they had to interrupt me for some bullshit. I was like, Whew, okay. <laughs> I can go live for a sec. Like, it was, oh. There's nothing interesting, and you can't get into anything because it's being overly told to you with the voiceovers, and you can't just settle in ever. There's nothing that funny. It's stay with my family. Um, I think you, everybody could get that from the beginning from all three of us, but it's it was it was bad. Like I, I don't want to pick up this again. Like and it, and it's not. I, I I don't think I'd even enjoy this if we had if th- there was no second one and we just went to this. Like I I don't think there was any like. <laughs> Patience being worn because of the second one. It was just bad. Bad, bad. Do you guys... We're not all the way through this yet, but do you guys think this one is worse... The worst of these Toxic Avenger, Class of Newcomb High sequels movies that we've seen? Is this one the worst, or does Toxie 2 still hold that title? Wow, that's a hard one. I think Toxie 2 is still worse. Uh. There was a lot more going on. Actually, I don't... There was a 30-minute fight scene in Toxie 2. Yeah, that was the start of the movie, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. I had to stop it and start it the next day. Uh, that's that's a hard start to the movie. <laughs> but over, no, I think that this, this is worse than part two. At least part two had the excuse that they tried to make it in the two movies. This does yeah. not have that excuse at all. I would. I'm gonna say like there's just something more enjoyable about Toxie just in general than Adlai, Roger, Dick saga. Yeah, that too. I I like those characters more than than this by far. Toxie too is just too long. There's enjoyable stuff, but it's just over long. This has like nothing to jump in at. Like you could jump into Toxie for a bit and be like, okay, that was a little fun. You could at least enjoy a scene yeah. in Toxie 2. Even if, you, even if you just watch a scene of it, not even though watch the movie, there's a chance you could enjoy it. I mean, not that mm-hmm. you know, half-hour fight scene. Oh, at least a couple Jessica, of those fights but, are enjoyable. Right. Right. But Yeah, I guess if I had a choice, I'd probably end up watching Toxie 2 again just because I don't remember mm-hmm. it all. But then I'd probably be angry again. So. Yeah, not saying, you know, not saying we can forgive you Toxie 2 now, but I'm just saying... If I if right. held at gunpoint, I'd probably sit through Toxie 2 again, maybe because I'm coming off this one fresh, but I think I'd rather do Toxie 2 than no, but this one. No, that's not even a, a, a question. Like When this came out, it sold you know, pretty well on VHS, and then like when the uh, production of it ran out, I think it was like in 98 or something like that, they didn't make any more prints of it because... They didn't feel like it was a very good movie, so they didn't make any more. Even though it sold really well for them, mm-hmm. like, nah, no, that's pretty bad. Yeah, because Troma will try to make a buck at any cost that well, they can. I think they with, with without like negotiating like safety or right, you know, um, et, you know, ethical stuff. But still, when when they went, I think when they re-released it though, they only put it in like a box set. So the only way you could get it is if you bought the other movies. I think they uh, so they sold the other two individually, but not the third yeah. one. <laughs> it's like no one's buying this by itself. It's like it's like selling Rocky Five by itself. Like come on, no one's buying that by itself. <laughs> get real. I think I I do believe ne- uh, next time I I can't imagine I've seen it but 
I can't imagine it not being better th- than this. And it, it is a wipe the slate clean. This is the actual sequel to Nukem High. So uh, there's right. none of this sh- stuff. So it's basically like Citizen Toxie was to the first Toxic Avenger. But actually, you know, more recent as that one came out just a couple of years ago. Right. So, so uh, here's another question. Uh, Professor Holt, the one with the giant beehive hair. What, um... Lisa... The hell happened? Gay? What happened to her? I'm sorry. <laughs> what, uh, what, what happened to her? She just, like, stopped being in the movie eventually, right? Somewhere, yeah. Yeah. Somewhere during the final fight. At one point in this movie, she got her hair singed off, like, right at the beginning, and then it was back. Right. Immediately. But, yeah, she during that final fight scene, she just kind of disappeared. Did you <laughs> notice they always had a hat on her, I mm-hmm. felt like? Because it's hilarious. It is funny. <laughs> So, and it it's not good. something they draw attention to. It's a nice, subtle bit of humor. Yeah. Like, like one time they had like um, like a garland of popcorn, I think, around her hair. That was pretty good. <laughs> I, I did like her disguise at the hospital was like an Abraham Lincoln mustache. So it went with her big top hat hair. I didn't even realize. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that that makes it makes so much sense. The novelty beard because of her. Oh. But she, was also, but she also had a cigar. But it's like, well, what? <laughs> <laughs> you ruined it, stupid. G. Hollis. I. Hollis. R. Hollis. F. Hot girl. How good can it get? It gets this good. Talk to the girl of your dreams now. All alone, you don't have to be. Call 1-800-818-GIRL. That's 1-800-818-GIRL. Call now. 1-800-818-GIRL. On the next episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we push on through Trome for Return to Nukem High, Volume 1 from 2013. Thank you for uh, listening to us. And uh, those of you who... Once again, this is one of those episodes where I'm like, those of you who watch these along with us, if you exist, let us let us know. Um, thank you for watching this one along. There's some that are tough to get through. We just, you know, we had Endgame, which Cullen and I thought was tough, and then one week off, and then back to <laughs> something tough to sit through again. And we appreciate, as always, Jessica, for taking your traumatizing with such class. It's a pleasure. pleasure. The next one's not so bad, right? I hope not. I remember it being... <laughs> I remember it being shocking <laughs> like the stuff they, they do and it just being like oh wow especially in like today's climate but um you'll see all that next week uh as we look forward to next time but first stay tuned to the trailer for return to nukem high volume one the trailer that actually trails Let me take you back. Back to where it all began. To a small town in New Jersey. Our heroes, Warren and Chrissy, save the day by blowing up the nuclear power plant and the school they're in, eliminating evil and setting things back to normal. Now look, laddie, I want my ultra-cheap foodstuffs in every school in New Jersey at inflated prices. That is the basis of our plan, and you know it. Uh, help! Brown-nosing little rich girl late for intramural ping-pong. I love you, Kevin. I know you'll never leave me. <laughs>
by the way, Excelsior! Thank you for listening to Cult Cinema Cavalcade, part of the Creative Zombie Studios Network. Follow CC Cavalcade on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Listen to the show on cultcinemacavalcade.com, iTunes, and anywhere podcasts are found. For press opportunities, advertising opportunities, and more information on Cult Cinema Cavalcade, contact mail at cultcinemacavalcade.com. Produced by Brad Shoemaker. Edited by Brandon Peters. Narration by Rebecca Peters. Theme song Pink Baby by Happy Elf appears courtesy of the freemusicarchive.org network. The film and music featured in this episode are part of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Join us again in two weeks for a new episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade. Something's coming out! What is it, a loaf of bread?